This is Dr. Benny Tate, and I would like to thank you for tuning in to this week's message at Rock Springs Church. Wherever you are, I hope this message encourages you and helps you grow in your walk with God. Here's this week's message from Rock Springs Church. Ephesians 5 verse 33 says, Nevertheless, let each one of you in particular so love his own wife as himself. And let the wife see that she respects her husband. Let the wife see that she respects her husband. Let us pray. God, I pray today that you would speak to us and through us. I pray today, God, that you would hide us in the cross of Calvary, that people might see Jesus. I ask you to meet the needs of this service. Now, Lord, we can never be the husband, wife, father, mother, grandparent that we need to be until we're the person with you that we need to be. So if there's a person here who doesn't know you, I pray today they'd come to know you in the free pardon of sin. Now, we pray this prayer with a grateful heart. Holy Spirit, speak today. And for all you do, we're going to praise you. For I pray this in Jesus' name. Until you come, we pray. Amen. You may be seated. I am talking about the Family First series. I'm going to continue this series all the way through Mother's Day. I'm talking about marriage. I'm talking about relationship. I'm going to be talking about parenting. I'm going to be talking about family. Last week, I preached a message on what wives need, what wives need. You say, Pastor Benny, I didn't get to hear it. I would encourage you to go back online, and it's what wives need. I kicked off with that message. And today, I moved to the second message in the series. It's what do husbands need? What do husbands need? Years ago, I ran across this article that said five rules for a man to live a happy life. I thought, my goodness, I want to read that. Five rules for a man to live a happy life. Rule number one, it said it's important to have a woman who helps at home, who cooks, who cleans, and has a job. I thought, well, that, that, that's good, that's good, that's good. And then number two, it said, it's important to have a woman who can make you laugh. I thought, well, that's good, that's good. It's important to have a, have a woman who can make you laugh. And, and, and then, then number three, it's important to have a woman that you can trust who does not lie to you. I thought, that's, that's exactly, that's, that's good, that's good. Number four, it's important to have a woman who is affectionate who really does like to be with you. I thought, man, that is so good. And then number five, it's very, very important that these four women do not know each other. <laughs> I'm kidding. We're believing we can find this all in one woman, amen? <laughs> I believe you can find that combination. She's a combination of Wonder Woman and Betty Crocker, all in one, amen? Somebody said, uh, you show me a man who comes home greeted by a smile, encouraged to take his shoes off, to sit on a pillow, arranged on the floor, served a delicious meal, and I'll show you a man 
who lives in a Japanese restaurant. <laughs> what are, pastor, what are the four needs that every man has? More than that, I say to the wives, what are the four needs that your husband has that perhaps he won't tell you, but I'm able to tell you today from God's word. The greatest need and the most important need, I'm gonna preach about 30 minutes. About 30 minutes, so right now it's, uh, I'm just, it's uh, 1127. If you're on medication, it's 1127. <laughs> and I'll be finished by, by 12 o'clock. But I'm gonna take about 15 minutes and I'm gonna talk about point number one. You say, well, Pastor Benny, why would you put all the emphasis on Point number one, why, why, why would you do that? Because it's by far the greatest need of a man. You say there's three others, but this is by far the greatest need of a man. The greatest need that a man has is respect. It's respect. It's the greatest need of any man. Notice what the Bible says. I know the marital experts tell us this, the marital therapists, the uh, family gurus tell us this, but long before any of those experts were telling us this, God was telling us this because look what Paul said to the church at Ephesus in Ephesians 5 and 33. However, each one of you also must love his wife as he loves himself. But the wife must respect her husband. The wife must respect her husband. The greatest need a man has is the need for respect. Proverbs 31 and 23 says this, the husband is respected at the city gate where he takes his seat among the elders of the land. But where does that begin? That's Proverbs 31 verse 23, but where does that begin? Well, this is the chapter about the virtuous woman. It begins in Proverbs 31 verse 10. A wife of noble character, who can find? The King James Version says, who can find a virtuous woman? And then it says, her price is far above rubies. That respect begins with the wife. That admonition, that reverence, it begins with the wife. I read a Gallup poll this week. It was interesting. It talked about the ingredients for successful marriages. There was two things that it mentioned that were the top two. They said these are the commonalities in successful marriages. It said in successful marriages, husbands and wives on a more frequent basis are saying thank you to one another. For whatever little thing is done, thank you for doing that. For whatever little gesture is done, Thank you, thank you, thank you. Because it's documented. After three and a half years, marriage partners start taking each other for granted. Start taking each other for granted. And what used to be a miracle now has just become a monument. But successful marriages on a real regular basis are saying, thank you, thank you, thank you. But then the second commonality of successful marriages was this. Each partner rated the other person higher than him or herself. 
Each person rated the other person higher than him or herself. Years ago, I read a book called Marriage That Works. The author was a man by the name of Chip Ingram. This is what Chip Ingram said. He said, it is devastating for a man not to be honored and respected. If this has been a problem in the past, if he had a father who didn't affirm him or a history of relationships in which he's been torn down, he may no longer believe in himself. He will seek affirmation wherever he can get it by driving a hot car, getting a scholarship, dating a beautiful girl, getting degrees, making a team, nabbing a high salary job, acing a project, and on and on and on. Affirmation feels like love, but it isn't. And it doesn't fill a man up. A husband will be on a never-ending search for it unless he gets it from his wife. Every man has a desperate need for his wife to step in and to believe in him. You say, well, pastor, this is the number one need of a man. And I so appreciate you sharing. How can it, give me some handles. How can I flesh this out? How can I respect my husband? Two simple steps. Number one, you treat him how you would like him to become. You treat him how you would like him to become. You say, well, Pastor Benny, he, he's not there. No, you didn't hear me. He, he, he uh, you know, uh, you say, Pastor Benny, he's, a, uh, he, he's not a stud, he's a dud. Now, he, 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 he's not a heavenly hunk. He's an earthly chunk. No, no, he's not. He's not. Look here, get this. You treat him like you would like for him to become. You call those things that are not as if they were. Faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. You say, Pastor, can you prove this from the Bible? I most certainly can. I want you to look at Mark chapter 6. In Mark chapter 6, it's speaking of Jesus. It says, he went out from thence and came into his own country. Well, where, where did he go into? He came into Nazareth. If you've ever been to Nazareth, uh, it's a beautiful, beautiful, beautiful place. Uh, I don't know if we've got photos of Nazareth, but it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a beautiful, beautiful, beautiful place. And Jesus was here in his own country. That's where Mary and Joseph were in the beginning. See, Mary and Joseph were in Nazareth when they went 90 miles to Bethlehem when the census was given. But later they went back to Nazareth. That was, that was his own country. Now look what he says. And the disciples followed him. And when the Sabbath day was come, he began to teach in the synagogue. And many hearing him were astonished, saying, From whence has these men these things? For what wisdom is that which is given unto him, that even such mighty works are wrought by his hands? Paraphrase, they said, My, he's a magnificent teacher. Goodness, what he's doing. 
It's just amazing. Now we get to the next verse. But wait, some people said, is not this the carpenter? He's not that wonderful. He's just the carpenter. Remember, his daddy Joseph was a carpenter, carpenter, and Jesus took up the trade. He, he, he's, he's just a carpenter. The son of Mary, wait. The brother of James and Joseph and Judah and Simon, wait. Jesus had at least four brothers. Wait. And are not his sisters here with us? What, what, what's it saying, Pastor? Here's what it's saying. Get this. He had four brothers. He had at least two sisters. And they said, he's no big deal. He, he's just a carpenter. I went to school with his sister. I mean, he's down there at that carpenter shop. There's nothing special about him. He, he's just a run-of-the-mill guy. And they were offended at him. But look what Jesus said. A prophet is not without honor, but in his own country and, and among his own kin and in his own house. Hold it right there. He said, look, I, I don't get any honor here. Nobody believes in me here. I don't get any respect. I don't get any honor. I'm not esteemed. Nobody believes in me here. What happened? And he there, and he could there do no mighty work, save he laid hands upon a few sick people, and he healed them. Now look, get this, folks. He could have done exploits, but he couldn't because they didn't believe in him. He, he could have done wonders. See, the Bible says, not according to your finances be it unto you, not according to your feelings be it unto you, not according to your friends be it unto you, not according to your fate be it unto you, but according to your faith be it unto you. According to your faith be it unto you. You say, well, Pastor, Pastor Benny, does, does, does this really translate to a husband and wife relationship? I can prove you in the Word of God that it does. 1 Peter 3. And by the way, Peter, I, I love to read when he's writing something on marriage. Because, see, Peter was married. You say, preacher, how do you know that? Jesus healed his mother-in-law. That's why he denied him. Some of you are slow, but you're worth waiting for. Come on. Now, wait. Wives, in the same way, submit to your own husbands. I, I just want to make this commission. You said, Pastor, does, 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 does the Bible teach that men are superior? Never. It never one times. Does it teach that women are inferior? No, no, no. Does the Bible teach that only men can do ministry? No, no, no. First of all, that's ridiculous, Stephen. That's a ridiculous question. But look, wives submit to your own husbands. Ma'am, you're, you're not to submit to any other man other than your husband. You don't have to walk around being submissive to a guy just because he's male. Get real. Somebody said hallelujah. But anyway, all right. Look. But look, if any of them do not believe the word, now, wait, what's it saying? It's saying the husband's not a Christian. 
He's lost his last year's Easter egg. He's not some godly role model. He, he's not what he ought to be. Well, look what it says. They may be one weight without words. You see, I'm going to impact my husband. You're not going to impact him by nagging him. You're not going to reach him by nagging him. Man, it's quiet. <laughs> no, no, you're, you're going to impact him. The Bible says without words by the behavior of the wife. What behavior? Look, the purity, wait, and reverence of our lives. And reverence of our lives. You said, Pastor Benny, I, I, I want to respect my husband. Treat him the way you want him to become. Let me tell you the second step to respecting your husband. That is brag on him. That is brag on him. You said, Pastor, where do you come up with these concepts? Right out of the Word of God. Proverbs 31, look at the virtuous woman. She opened her mouth with wisdom, and in her tongue is the law of kindness. You brag on him. Do you ever think about this? If you go to sporting events, and I like sports, at sporting events, when men are participating, whether it's a football game, basketball game, look here, they've got something there. They've got cheerleaders. Now, if you go to a ladies' event, a women's athletic event, they're not there. But they're there for the men's event. Why, Pastor? Because men need cheerleaders. Men need women to brag on them. Men need their wives to brag on them. I mean, <laughs> they're, 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 they're waiting, they're, they're living for that comment. Even if they act like they don't like it, listen, they're sucking it all up. They love every bit of it. They're surfing it all up. They want every bit of it. They want it. They need it. They're desperately crying out for it. Just look for something to brag on him. You say, well, Pastor, he's gotten a little older. Well, that's okay. Honey, you did great. You made it up the steps. <laughs> you say, well, I don't, I don't, I don't know, I don't know, listen, I don't know what to brag on. I'm, I'm gonna help you. I'm gonna help, first of all, you, you brag on his work. See, get this, folks, get this. Let me, look, the Bible says this. It says in Genesis 2, 15, and the Lord God took the man and put him in the garden to dress it and keep it. Always remember, man was created outside of the garden. Women were created inside the garden. That's why men and women are different. That's why a man's willing to get out of a warm bed and get into a cold tree. Because he wasn't created inside of the garden, he was created outside of the garden.
But she wasn't created outside the garden. She was created inside of the garden. And that's why she wants 15 pillows on the bed because she (laughs) wants... Because she wasn't created outside the garden. She wants the garden to be real nice. She was created inside the garden. Amen. Oh, it all makes sense, folks, if you really get in the Bible. But look, you, you, you brag on him about his work. Honey, thank you. You work so hard. Thank you for how you provide for our family. Because, see, that's, that, 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 that's, where a man, that's where a man gets his identity. Hey, two men can meet. Ladies, let me tell you something. Two guys can meet. Hey, what's your name? Bob, what's your name? Benny. What do you do, Bob? What do you do, Benny? Because that's where men get their identity. And when a woman brags on his work, man, you do a great job. I tell you what. When I preach and Barbara says, I'm going to tell you something. You didn't leave any meat on the bone today. It makes me want to just charge hell with a water pistol, amen? I want to go devil hunting with a switch. I mean, come on. You just brag on his work. This is, you said, Pastor, this seems real practical. It'll change your home. If you'll be here every week, this series will change your lives. Change your marriages. You brag on his wisdom. You say, well, I don't, I don't know that I know how to brag on his wisdom. I'm going to help you. Here's how you do it. Honey, I need your advice. Now, uh, 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 initially, he'll collapse. I, 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 I really need your opinion on this. You know much more about this than I do. And, well, I wouldn't say that, he'll say. But <laughs> I, 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 need, I, I need your wisdom, honey. Look, you brag on his work. You brag on his wisdom. And then you brag on his walk. What, what do you mean? Like, not the fact that he can walk. I don't mean that. <laughs> but let me tell you something, honey. I really admire your love for the Lord. I really admire the fact that come Sunday, I really admire the fact that come Sunday, you, you want to be in church. I, I really do. I, I really admire how you lead our family to church and how we go to life group. And I, I really admire it. See, let me tell you something, folks. The greatest need, the greatest need that a man has is respect. Let, let, let me tell you the second greatest need a man has. It's the opportunity to lead. It's the opportunity to lead. See, God created man to lead. God created, and I'm not going to spend much time. God created man to lead. And for many women, this is going to be a struggle. Because it was a struggle from the beginning. Look what the Bible says. Then he said to the woman, I will sharpen the pain of your pregnancy. And in pain you will give birth. And your desire to control your husband. But he will rule over you. 
what, what's it saying? He's to be. He's to be the spiritual leader. He, he, he's to lead the family. He's to lead the home. But get this, get this. Many times a man will go down to the civic club and he'll lead. Or he'll go to work and he'll become the assistant manager. Or he'll go to the recreational department and he'll be a leader. And the reason why many times he will is because a man's going to lead somewhere. And if he can't lead at home, he's going to find a place to lead. Because God created a man to lead. I'm, I'm not trying to offend anybody, but I want you to understand something. Anything without a head is dead. And anything with two heads is a freak. And let me tell you something. Look here. You said, Pastor Benny, my husband won't lead. Look, you've got to step back so he can step up. You said, Pastor, I don't really know how to, what you mean by that. Well, here, I'll tell you how to do it. If you're having prayer, and he said, let's, let's pray. I mean, I mean, listen, no, if, 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 if he's not far along, let, let's just say you're, you're having Thanksgiving dinner. And, and he says, I'm going to pray. And he says something like, God, thank you for the turkey. And thank you for our three little turkeys. <laughs> well, that's a start. Don't that night before you go to bed be lying in bed. You are Jehovah Rapha. Oh, hallelujah, hallelujah. Because you're wondering why he feels so intimidated. I, I'm just saying sometimes you have to step back so he can step up. There's a, there's a third need of a man, and let me, let, me, let me give it to you right quick. It's physical relationship. It's the physical relationship. Do you know that when a woman wears a leather dress, a man's heart beats quicker? His throat gets dry. He gets weak in the knees, and he begins to think irrationally. Ever wonder why? It's because it smells like a new truck. I'm not wanting to say, but I'm just trying to, you said, Pastor, look here, folks, you said we shouldn't address this. I shouldn't be ashamed to address anything that God addressed. I shouldn't be ashamed to address anything that God addressed in his word. And look what 1 Corinthians chapter 7 says. But since sexual immorality is occurring, each man should have sexual relations with his own wife. I want to be very clear with his own wife. That's what God's word teaches, by the way. And each woman with her own husband. The husband should, should, feel, should fulfill his marital duty to his wife. And likewise, the wife to the husband. The wife does not have authority over her own body. Somebody said, say that again. 
The wife does not have authority over her own body, but yields it to her husband. In the same way, the husband does not have authority over his own body, but he yields it to his wife. God's plan works in every way. I don't believe it's hard to submit to a loving husband. And I don't believe it's hard to love a submitting wife. God's hand and plan goes hand in hand. God's provision, God's provision for sexual fulfillment is marriage. I knew I was gonna be preaching this, so I did my research. And I found out that women in a physical relationship are motivated four to six days a month. Men, 34 days a month. <laughs> Years ago, I went to this conference with Gary Small and he talked about how, how they're different, that how, how men are so quickly motivated by sight. So quickly motivated by sight. That's why I preach and I say to women, you ought to dress modest. You ought to dress modest because men are, are motivated by sight. I'm not blaming you, but I'm just saying you, 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 ought, to, you ought to dress modest. I, I believe that. And I don't believe there's anything any more attractive than a modest-dressed lady anyway. But I went to this seminar, and Gary Smalley said men are motivated by sight. And he said at the end of the day, men are like microwaves. But he said the problem is women are like crock pots. <laughs> I, I'm not going to camp long here, but men should not have to apologize for a need that God put in them. Men should not have to apologize for the way that God made them. This is all saying I'll move to the next point. Somebody said, praise the Lord. Did you know when a physical relationship takes place, it raises a woman's estrogen? When it takes place, it raises a woman's estrogen and it lowers a man's cholesterol. I am Dr. Benny Tate. All I'm saying, let's get healthy, amen. Let's get healthy, let's get healthy. You say, Pastor, I need to know what, does a, what, what are the needs of a man? I'm trying to help you, it's respect. I'm trying to help you, it's an opportunity to lead. I'm trying to help you, it's a physical relationship and I'm done. The fourth need of a man is companionship. Now wait. God created Adam. God created Adam. He's working in this garden. He's dressing it and he's keeping it. Look, do you ever think about every animal? Every animal in that garden, every animal, whether it be the giraffe, whether it be whatever it is, Adam named every one of those animals. God looked, Adam looked at those animals and he said, I'm going to call that in a squirrel. 
That's what the Bible says. You folks ever read the Bible? I mean, literally, he, he, he named every one of them. But here Adam was with all this, folks. And you know what God said? Genesis 2, 18. And God said, it's not good that man should be alone. I'll make a help meet for him. Because with everything that he had, his work, everything that he had, all the outside activities, everything he had, he still needed the companionship of a wife. You say, Pastor Benny, what's your advice for me? Here's my advice for you, wives. This is what I would say to you. Enter into his world, whatever that means. Enter into his world. You may, you may not every time and always, but make sure you enter into his world because a need that he has no matter what else is going on, he has a need for the companionship of his wife. I love to tell the story about Bob Turnbull. Bob told the story, and I close with this story. I want to keep my word. Bob told this story. He said one day his wife was gone, and he said, I washed the dishes. You know, so Pastor, I... Pastor, I'm so masculine, I could never do that. <laughs> well, I'd just say if, the, if a little dawn washes away your masculinity, you probably need a hormone shot anyway. <laughs> but but, but Bob, had, had, Bob had washed the dishes. And the wife, Yvonne, came in. And he was so proud of himself. And she said, he said, look, look, honey. She said, yes, Bob, but you didn't wipe the counters off right. And he said, Yvonne, all our marriage, you notice everything I do wrong, but you never notice anything I do right. Gary Smalley said this. He said, 80% of what men do in marriage is right and good. But he said, what's sad, most of the time, the wives will focus on the 20% instead of the 80%. He said, Yvonne, you notice everything I do wrong and nothing I do right. And she said, he walked out of the room. And she said, when he walked out of the room, God spoke to me. And God said, he's right. And she said, God gave me three words. Number one, God gave me the word think. T-H-I-N-K. And God said to me, why don't you think about the good things about Bob? Because there's a lot of good things about Bob. Why don't you think about the good things about Bob? And then she said, God gave me the word T-H-A-N-K. Why don't you thank me? forgiving you Bob why don't you thank me for the good qualities that Bob has and then she said God gave me the word tail why don't you tell Bob that you appreciate him think thank and tail thank you for joining us for this week's message from Rock Springs Church. 
If you would like more information about Rock Springs, be sure to follow us on social media or connect with us at rockspringsonline.com. Join us right here next week for another message from Rock Springs Church.